Welcome to the second episode of the Fantasy Professors brought to you by Man Cave Sports. Today's date is August 26th. If you'd like to check out the Man Cave Sports website, it's www.mcsports365.com. And that's the same as our Twitter handle. Our Twitter handle is at mcsports365. We're tweeting daily about what's going on in the sports world, as well as online for our website. We have articles going up over the next week or so. We Just this past week, we posted our rankings for fantasy football this upcoming season, positional rankings. If you want to go win your league, I'd advise you to go check that out. But yeah, let's roll. Guys, welcome back. Episode two, back here with Mr. Dylan McDonald himself, the resident uh, doctor on staff here at the Fantasy Professors. Let's just dive straight into the injury report, Dylan. What do you got for me? Okay, so first, uh, the first two injury reports I want to look at are actually on the same team, same position. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first one we want to look at uh, is John Brown. Now, I know we talked about him a little bit last week, but I wanted to uh, update you guys. So, he is still uh, technically undergoing the uh, concussion, NFL concussion protocol, um, but the great thing is he was back at practice yesterday, um, so they expect him to be, uh, you know, obviously ready for week one. Uh, there is one little drawback. Um, uh, he is having these kind of minor headaches, which is, you know, a common uh, post-symptom, but uh, I expect him to be fine. Yeah, uh, so next- was, was, it like, was it like non-contact stuff he was working on yesterday? Um. You know, I, I'm not sure if he was at full practice or not, but I would suspect they're going to do at least, you know, less contact for him in particular. Yeah. Um, so the next one I wanted to look at um, is one of our, one of the league's favorite receivers, veteran, uh, Larry Fitzgerald. So, you know, as we kind of touched on a little bit last week, um, this guy is soft tissue uh, injury prone. Um, so... Uh, he currently has a they quote they quote this a light MCL sprain um, in which he sat the second preseason game and then you know they're likely to sit him for this dress rehearsal uh, the third preseason uh, preseason game coming up this weekend. However, uh, the team staff notes that there is pretty much zero indication uh, that this is going to limit him in week one. Um, I do want to say. This is, you know, although they are stating that there's really no limitation, um, um, he is older. Um, he does have a track history of, of soft tissue injuries. Um, and I think something that a lot of people don't know is, um, you know, you hear a lot of ACL tears. You hear about um, um, various injuries, but not too many uh, MCL sprains, which, in fact, in contact sports um, um, such as football, the MCL is actually the uh, most frequently injured knee ligament. Really? Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, it is. And see, that's, that's a surprise to many. Um, um, so essentially, uh, the, the biggest thing, and I, uh, I'm, I'm in this biomechanics class right now, and, and we coincidentally been doing some reading on uh, knee ligament injuries. So I pulled a stat for you guys. So um, approximately 83% of external medial and lateral force applied to the knee is absorbed solely by the ligaments and other soft tissues. 
So when you're planting, if you get hit in the knees, you know, only about, uh, I guess about 17% is going to be absorbed in his large, you know, horse-like uh, muscles and quads that he has down there. Yeah. It's really a lot of it's going to be pushing on his, on his ligaments, like I said, with that stat. So, you know, it's not, I'm not saying he's going to lose draft stock necessarily, but I do think that this is something, uh, you know, drafters should be cautious about. Yeah. Uh, so for, from a fantasy perspective, John Brown, uh, my point of view, I'm not terribly concerned about his concussions. He may end up missing week one. Who knows if his headaches continue to linger. But I think in the long run, once you kind of, if you handle a concussion the right way, you'll be back in 100%. Am I correct on that? Uh, I would say so, yeah. Yeah, and then so for Fitz, that's more of kind of a red flag for me, someone who's older, been injury prone in the past. Um, regarding the Cardinals, keep an eye out for J.J. Nelson. He's sure. the fourth receiver right now on the depth chart behind uh, those two we've been talking about and also Michael Floyd. Mm-hmm. If Larry Fitz and John Brown aren't playing week one, look for J.J. Nelson to make a, make an impression on uh, the Cardinals staff. He, could, he may even unseat Larry Fitzgerald. I know that's crazy to say, but Larry Fitzgerald has been on the decline. Last year he had a great fantasy year, but mm-hmm. I do think that it was a bit uh, – I, I don't know if the stats correctly reflected on how great he played. He had a couple like 80-yard touchdowns that kind of skewed his points a little bit. So look for that potentially. Right. But who you got next up for us? Okay. So, uh, you know, if uh, you guys are some big football fans and you're local in the area, uh, in Dallas, we watched the Seahawks-Cowboys uh, game last night. Yeah. Uh, of course, I'm sure you're uh, thinking the Tony Romo back injury uh, last night. So uh, it was scary, you know. Um, I was, you know, yelling at my TV. I was like, here it is. That's it. You know, compression fracture. He's done. Like, uh, you know, just that's half the season. Um, but we can all just take a deep breath, exhale. I mean, it's okay. You know, uh, even Romo himself stated in the postgame conference um, that the hit that Avril landed on him was the hardest shot to the back he had taken in five years. However, however, there is there was no change in range of motion or neurological compromise at all. Um, this is great. That means that there's uh, no herniation of a disc, um, probably little chance of fracture. Um, so far, so much of a little chance that they didn't even uh, uh, use X-ray. They didn't even use X-ray, much less MRI. Um, you know, maybe because they didn't even feel like the radiation was worth the injury. So um, I'm not worried about this. You know, kind of with Larry and Romo, they're older dudes. You know, and uh, definitely Romo being um, injury prone, but he is going to be more than ready for week one. I think that this is uh, merely just a lumbar back strain. Yeah, so you watched you watched it happen live, right? I did, yeah. Okay, as did I. And I'm concerned that he can't take hits anymore because that hit did not look that bad. It didn't. It didn't. Well, you know, if, if you look at the circumstances, the way that I thought that he had kind of played that out in his mind before it happened was he was going for the slide um, and kind of where... I, I think that in his mind, he thought there was no one within three yards of him. You know, yeah. he thought it was going to be a routine slide. And all of a sudden, this, you know, big, huge defensive lineman comes in and just smashes on his back, essentially. Yeah. You know, and kind of puts him in that awkward position, um, um, especially bending the spine forward. So um, it, it looks scarier than what it was. Um, but, you know, he's 
I, I'm scared. I'm scared of him rolling out of the pocket and taking a big hit. Because yeah. you know every every defensive lineman in the league wants to hit Tony Romo. That's our key to our success, you know? One bright spot uh, regarding the Cowboys last night. Zeke Elliott looked great. I think that's good news for Tony Romo. Absolutely. The thing I was actually most impressed with regarding Zeke Elliott was his blocking, actually. He did a great job picking up to the pass rush on multiple plays. But then again, Dak Prescott was in for those plays. Uh, but I do think that that helps Tony Romo's longevity this year. If he oh, can, I agree. If he can uh, slide when, when needed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, and half the battle is, you know, he's got to be smart. He's got to be a smart dude. He's got to know, here comes the line. You know, I need to get down. You know, he's or throw the ball out, you know. Yeah. Um, so that's that's kind of a critical decision-making he's got to work on. You know, being, bring, being the great quarterback he is, he's got to understand he's very susceptible to injury at this point in time. Mm-hmm. All right. What's our last one? Okay, last one. Uh, another injury suffered last night. Um, also uh, similar severity to Tony Romo. Um, so this is Julio Jones, wide receiver for the Falcons. Um, suffered an undisclosed uh, ankle injury last night, um, I believe right before halftime. Um, you know, staff stated they're not too worried. Even Julio came out last night and said, um, I'm doing great. You know, he said, uh, I could have gone back in the game. You know, I could have easily played the rest of the second half, you know, if, if you, you know, if it were a regular game kind of yeah. thing. So, um, you know, staff obviously was going to restrict him in that, you know, and limit his touches uh, because they don't want to risk another injury. But, um, you know, another thing, I'm not worried about Julio. I'm not worried about his draft stock. He's definitely still a top four receiver or top four pick for that matter, yeah. um, um, in my opinion. All right. Uh, so last week we went over our top ten running back rankings. This week for you guys we have our top ten wide receiver rankings. And uh, leading off, we don't. it kind of goes unsaid, Antonio Brown, <laughs> he's just a freaking stud. Yeah. That Steelers offense is going to rely on him through the first three weeks a ton, and then more so whenever Le'Veon Bell gets back, I think. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. Let's, you know, simply put, A.B. is a monster, yes. right? This guy is nuts. You know, he's so he, he just has the elusiveness, the quickness. He's big. He has everything a wide receiver needs. And Big Ben can, you know, thread the needle with that guy. I expect him to really, you know, blow open the wide receiver fantasy points this year. Yeah. One thing I like about him probably the most is he actually knows how to get out of bounds. I think that's highly a highly underrated skill in the NFL. As far as not taking an additional hit, you yes. know, kind of thing? Yes. I can see this. Yeah, okay. Watch on these little screen plays they run for him a lot. He'll get a mm-hmm. screen, pop inside, then a break out to the outside, and just run out of bounds as the safety or cornerback is kind of closing in on him. It's yeah. each hit that he doesn't take uh, increases his longevity, in my opinion. Oh yeah, and his value absolutely. Yeah. I agree. Uh, number two consensus number two from both of us as well. Odell Beckham Jr. I think that Giants offense is going to be in for a monstrous year. I think they will be a top three offense in fantasy this year. Eli Manning's destined to have a great year. Last year, he he played pretty well. Their defense was also terrible, so that actually caused him to have to throw the ball more. I don't know if they're going to really shore up what happened last year. I know they spent over $100 million on their defense, so that could end up affecting things. But the fact that they don't have any run game as of right now, they drafted Paul Perkins, but so far he hasn't made any real headway into the, the Giants lineup. I do think that they're going to rely solely on Odo Beckham Jr. and Sterling Shepard. What about you? 
Oh, I, I completely agree. You know, I think it might be a little bold maybe to call them a top three offense, although, you know, theoretically the weapons are there, yeah. you know. Um, you know, they're a little weak, like you said, in, in the running back position, but for as a fantasy aspect for ODB, that's fair, great news, you yeah. know, for, for a draft owner. So um, I think that, like you said, with, with Sterling Shepard coming in, that may, um, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, well, are you sure that this is good for ODB? You know, is he going to draft, uh, lose draft stock with this? I think not. I think, if anything, he actually gains draft stock. Now you're, you're, you're saying, Dylan, why is that? You know, having additional receiver is going to take away his, his catches, but I don't think that's the case, actually. I think with the offense that they run, um, it's really going to open up the field for ODB. You know, uh, teams, they know who Odell Beckham Jr. is. They know that he is worth double covering when he goes past, you know, 30 yards or even up close, you know. Um, he's an excellent receiver, and so if you have another great threat on the other side with Sterling Shepard, um, I think, or even in the slot, I think that uh, this is really going to open up uh, his oppor- or ODB's opportunities. Yeah, I'm also a biased Oklahoma fan, so I love Sterling Shepard. But mm-hmm. I do believe Sterling Shepard is versatile enough to make an impact on this offense that will benefit uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Sometimes uh, when wide receivers come into the league their first year, they're stuck to one side of the field. I, in, as in Kevin White's situation, he only ran on the right side. Sure. In college at West Virginia, Sterling Shepard plays everywhere. He'll play slot. He'll play left outside. He'll play right outside. Uh, he'll even come into the backfield for a little bit. You know, he, yeah. he's so versatile that he plays right into the hand of Odell Beckham Jr. Because Odell Beckham Jr. can also line up anywhere. Sure, sure, I agree. All right, uh, number three, I personally have Julio Jones, and you have Des Bryant, and then I have Julio or Des at four, and you have Julio at four. So we're flopped on this. Give me your reasons why you think Des Bryant's going to have a better year than Julio. You know, oh, man, these are these are two of just some of the greatest receivers in the league right now. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I really like – I'm trying to think. What, how is the size difference? Is Des a slightly shorter? Des, Des is a slightly shorter. Slightly shorter, but I feel like he has a little bit more weight on him. Yeah. Perhaps. Okay. So, I mean, I do think that, um, you know, contingent on Tony, Rotho's, Tony Romo's health – which is kind of up in the air, you know, if he's going to keep taking big hits like this. But um, I think that, you know, Des Bryant, he can catch. All you got to do is throw it in the vicinity. This guy will go up and get it. Not that Julio Jones won't do that. Uh, I just prefer the weapons that surround uh, Des compared to Julio um, or, and with the Falcons. You know, I mean, if you think Falcons, I would say almost every single person in fantasy football would think of Julio Jones because that is their player. You know what I mean? That's their guy. And other teams know that, of course. I mean, he's he's the guy that they double covered, you know, things like that. And same for Dez. But I do think that with Zeke coming in and some of our other wide receiver threats, Beasley, um, Terrence Williams, some of these guys, I think that Dez may have a greater opportunity to uh, at least have more fantasy points. Yeah. Uh, I agree with you for most of that stuff, but kind of what made the decision for me to split these two guys is Des Bryant is injury prone. I mean, he's under concussion protocol right now. He's not going to play in the preseason. He didn't play in their third preseason game yesterday. He's not going to play in the fourth preseason game. Hopefully he'll be back by week one. But just the past history, Des Bryant gets banged up and nicked up quite a bit. Not saying Julio doesn't, but Des... I feel like his injuries are, they last longer than most. Like with his wrist last year, arm, whatever he messed up. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I just don't think, I guess I'm less confident in Des Bryant staying on the field than Julio Jones. And that's what separated it for me. That's fair. That's fair. 
Our consensus number five is DeAndre Hopkins. Kind of a beast last year, just a bit. (laughs) The reason why, so a lot of people actually have DeAndre Hopkins over Des Bryant, but me and you both have Des Bryant over DeAndre Hopkins. For me personally, the reason why I have Des over DeAndre is DeAndre now, uh, they have two rookie wide receivers on that team. They have a, a quarterback who hasn't proven himself in Brock Osweiler. Right. And they just brought in a stud running back who I now think is going to get fed the ball a ton. So it's going to take away passing plays from DeAndre Hopkins. It's going to take away deep threat plays from DeAndre Hopkins because Brock Osweiler isesn't really known. He has a cannon of an arm, but he's I don't think he's comfortable in that offense yet to really take the shots in the deep balls. Uh, they're pretty conservative when they with play calling. So it'll be a lot of hitch routes, a lot of that kind of stuff for DeAndre. I do think that he will have a great year, but there, I just don't see any way that he can surpass the amount of targets and catches he had last year. Sure. And you know what I would say, if you remember last week with uh, the segment Factor Fiction, this, uh, you know, for the preseason rankings and, and where they're kind of predicting DeAndre to end up, I would say fiction for this guy. Now, this takes, it's really nothing to do with him in particular, kind of as you were, as you were mentioning. I think he is an, an incredible wide receiver, but it's really the pieces that they're adding around him. As you mentioned, Lamar Miller, I mean, he's, he's gonna, you know, take some of those care, or, you know, take some carries, and they're gonna have some focus on him. Um, you know, the young, uh, young quarterback and Brock Osweiler, new to the team. Um, I think he actually will do well, but the greatest threat, uh, in particular, um, to DeAndre Hopkins is their, uh, the, the Houston's uh, draft pick from this coming year, this Will Fuller, sorry, 2016. Yes, Will Fuller. I apologize yeah. from Notre Dame. Of course, he's coming in not as a WR one, but the WR two. But I think that you know this this is kind of different from the Giants situation with ODB and Shepard in that um, Fuller may actually be detrimental to Hopkins' success. Yeah. What do you think? Fuller's known as a pure deep threat guy. He's super fast, known to drop the ball. Uh, but last year, I think that. The Texans didn't have any weapons around DeAndre Hopkins, so whenever they dropped back to pass, they were looking just to get him the ball. Whereas exactly. in the Giants' case, uh, although Beckham, sure, they were looking to get him the ball a ton too, but Will Ty actually ended up having a great year. Larry Donnell played well before he went down with injury. Uh, hopefully Victor Cruz comes back this year. I, it's kind of <laughs> sad what his career's done, but that's another story. Yeah. Uh, but in DeAndre Hopkins' case, I do think he will have a top six wide receiver year this year nothing knocking that that's great season but i think people just have a little overvalued right now Mm, sure all right number six aj green i actually have aj green over deandre hopkins as well Uh, you have aj green at seventh uh what do you have against aj green this year you know i mean it's it's really there's nothing in particular i guess i have against him i just Found those those uh, six wide receivers I put ahead of him would have a stronger season. Um, I do think in within that top ten list he would be uh, considered one of the older players, or I guess more veteran players to the league. You know, despite still being drafted in 2011, it's kind of odd. You know how a lot of these uh, you know top receivers or top rated receivers are these super young guys. You know, just their first yeah, couple they years. Seem, they seem older than they are. They, yeah, that's exactly right. So. Um, you know, he's, he's 28. I would still say that he has some relatively, uh, fresh legs under him. Mm-hmm. Um, one great upside for him is, you know, it actually, it could be an upside or it could be a downside. You know, they run that dual running back core with, uh, Jeremy Hill and, uh, Geo. Um, so I think that they do like to run a lot of plays around those two guys in particular. 
that would be kind of the downside. But he is their deep threat. I think that he is um, their WR1 by a mile. And if they need, you know, if there's a third long or they need a long pass play, he's going to be their go-to guy. Yeah, so I, I agree with the most part what you're saying. The only thing uh, that really separates him in my mind is the fact that Tyler Eifert's hurt right now. I just saw oh, yeah. earlier today that he plans or he hopes to come back in weeks four through six, somewhere in that range. He's progressing well in his recovery. But without Tyler Eifert, I mean, they have Tyler Boyd. They just drafted him. They also have Brandon LaFell, who looked yeah, LaFell. terrible at <laughs> yeah. England last year. So bad. I had him on my team. Sad story. But, <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, AJ Green, I think, is going to have a DeAndre Hopkins-like year to start out the season. I think through the first seven games, he may lead the league in receptions. That's why I'm big on Interesting. Him. I have him at fifth. You have him at seventh. So we're not that far apart. Yeah. But, uh, and then going down to the seventh-ranked receiver, we have Allen Robinson from the Jacksonville Jaguars. I have him ranked seventh, and you have him sixth. So you actually have him above AJ Green. Uh, the Jaguars' offense, they look good this year. They got Chris yeah. Ivory in the offseason, so now it's Blake Bortles, Chris Ivory, TJ Yeldon, and then on the outsides they have Alan Hearns and Alan Robinson, the Allen brothers. Not mm. brothers, but you know what I'm saying. Julius Thomas, the tight end from the Broncos, hopefully will yep. actually play his first full season this year. Uh, <laughs> I look for Blake Bortles to really connect with him well. But uh, regarding Allen Robinson, I think it looks like we're both fans of him. I think we have him ranked superiorly higher than Mo. So I, th- I think he's going around the ninth or tenth receiver right now. We have him okay. sixth and seventh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I will say, preface it with this, I am a little biased towards this guy. I mean, I did have him on my team last year. <laughs> and, uh, and of course, uh, I'm pretty sure he caught the most touchdowns last year as a wide receiver. Or no? Uh, I think Alan Hearns had more than him. Hearns had more than well. He had 14 touchdowns, so that's that's enough for me. Whether it's the most or not, 14 touchdowns is 14 touchdowns. Um, and so he, he definitely helped my team a lot last year. Um, yeah, so basically back to what you're saying, Blake Bortles, I'm, I'm impressed with this guy. Yeah, I think he's, that, he's really improved over the past right? He is He is definitely growing and maturing as, as their quarterback. You know, and, and gosh, I mean, I would say the past five, six years, the Jaguars have been a joke. You know what I mean? When you play, when you see the Jaguars on your schedule, it's a W, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think that they have something to say about this year, uh, that this year, you know, as you mentioned with the Allen brother, or not the brothers, but the Allen wide receivers <laughs> and, uh, with, uh, Marquis Lee, uh, I believe out of USC. Um, I think that they have some quick dudes, um, you know, uh, on the wide receiver position. I expect them to, uh, all of them really, to have a good season, but Allen Robinson is going to be leading the charge. Um, you know, is he going to score 14 touchdowns this year? Maybe not. I would expect maybe something closer to 10 to 12, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, but I expect him to have a great year. Yeah, I, I just pulled it up. You're right. He has tied for the most from last season. Him, okay. Doug Baldwin, and Brandon Marshall had 14 last year. There it is. So, okay. Great season from him. Dark horse wide receiver candidate for the Jacksonville Jaguars, Justin Blackman. Heard he's looking great in jail right now. In uh, look, jail. Look for him to have a big year. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we carry on. Brandon Marshall, our eighth receiver. Both of us have him ranked eighth. Is there any more reliable receiver than Brandon Marshall? I like Marshall. You know, <laughs> this guy, another thing with, with my with my team last year, I actually uh, – I uh, didn't put enough draft stock, obviously, in this guy and made a trade with him involved, uh, trading him away. 
So that was clearly a mistake for me. Oh, um, yeah, that, that was your Le'Veon Bell trade, right? Yes, that was, yeah, one of the ones I got Le'Veon nice. for. So, um, yeah, you know, Brendan, <laughs> yeah, that was painful. Um, you know, I like Brandon Marshall. Um, you know, I'm not too, too confident on Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, he's kind of an older QB. Uh, the beard scares me a little bit. Hope he hey, shaves he that. Trimmed it. He trimmed it. Oh, okay, good, good. <laughs> then maybe I like him a little bit more now, but, uh, uh, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not too keen on him, but I do think Brandon Marshall is their go-to WR1. I mean, he's going to get, uh, the majority of their catches, the majority of their touchdowns as far as, I think, across the whole team. Um, you know, the addition of Matt Forte is really going to help them out. Um, hopefully, you know, uh, spread up the offensive scheme and kind of mix that up for Brandon Marshall, have him, give him, him some more opportunities. Yeah. I, I think he's the best possession receiver in the game. Someone who can, you can literally just say, hey, go run a hitch route and just basically box out that corner and I'll just throw it up to you. I think he's probably the best in the league still in doing that. He was great in Miami back when he played there. He was great in Chicago. Now he's doing well with Ryan Fitzpatrick. But I also agree with you that Ryan Fitzpatrick does worry me a little bit. Supposedly he hasn't looked great in practice. We'll see yeah. That's just rust. I hope it is for our sake, I guess. But uh, going on the last two, we have Jordy Nelson and Sammy Watkins. Two, inter- I would say, interesting picks. So we have Jordy Nelson, both of us do, in our top ten. He yeah. played a single game last year and is just now returning to practice. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of what we were talking about last week with our running backs, um, you know, in Zeke and Todd Gurley. Um not so much Tiger Lee, but it's really just a high risk, high reward pick. Mm-hmm. You know, we know, I, I would say there's not quite as much risk in this guy, obviously, because he ha- does have an excellent track record in the NFL. Yeah. Um, but, but it's, it's, it's way too challenging to have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers and, you know, a wide receiver that's as excellent as Jordy Nelson and not pick him up and put him in the top 10. You know, he has been a top 10 receiver in the past. Um, and I think Aaron Rodgers is, you know, potentially at the peak of his career. So yeah. I think that this is going to, you know, that gunslinger is going to be thrown out as many as they can to Jordy Nelson. And I expect him to have a huge year, perhaps even a top five wide receiver. Really? Whew, that's bold. <laughs> Real bold. Uh, going off Jordy Nelson, though, I do think uh, he's not in our top ten, but Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb kind of struggled last year without Jordy Nelson. Uh, I, I think Jordy Nelson helps Randall Cobb a lot. He's more of a deep threat guy. Randall Cobb's the guy who runs across the middle, kind of a slot receiver. Uh, look for him to have a big year, in my opinion. But lastly, I would also, what? I would also say one more thing with Jordy Nelson. Um, I guess a lot of those predictions would have to be contingent on his health. You know, mm-hmm. as you did mention, he is just getting back to practice, kind of doing some individual drills. You know, probably little contact. Um, but he's he's had you know at this point more than a year um, um, since his injury I believe yeah so he you know he yeah, he got hurt last preseason last preseason I'm trying to think which game though I don't know if it was four or three maybe it was earlier than that uh, I think it was two or three two or three okay so yeah right around this time it's been about a year um, you know it's basically all contingent on his health if the guy's healthy he's gonna play well yeah all I right. agree and lastly our number ten. I have him ranked higher than most at number 12, and you have him even higher than me at 10, Sammy <laughs> Watkins. Why Why do we both think Sammy Watkins is going to be successful in an offense that is not known for being able to throw the ball in Buffalo? 
I mean, that's fair. That's an, a fair assessment. Um, for me, you know, watching Sammy Watkins play in college, um, you know, and then these, these first couple seasons with the Bills, you know, he's at least improving. You know, his, his, his rookie year, four touchdowns, uh, you know, a little under 1,000 yards. The next year, nine touchdowns, over 1,000 yards. You know, I, I expect, you know, I can't, I can't necessarily use that data to predict, but I would say that, you know, Tyrod Taylor's comfortable. I think that he is now finally find his niche spot in uh, with the Bills. There's really no other receiver threat, in my opinion, uh, for the Bills. So, yeah. you know, although that they certainly do lack in passing game, um, I think that the fact that Sammy Watkins is just the outright by far number one receiver is going to help him for a from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, I think the X factor for him having a successful year isn't even him. I think the X factor is Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, it's all going to depend down depend on whether Tyrod Taylor can progress this year like he did last year. Can find Sammy Watkins. I feel like they really established a, a good rapport last year together. Uh, Sammy Watkins was his go-to guy in the red zone whenever, whenever he was healthy. Right. Red flag asterisks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, whenever Sammy Watkins is on the field playing, he's a great player. He has all the the intangibles, all the combine numbers you could ever want from a wide receiver. Right. Uh, I, I look for him to have a big year, and apparently you do as well. Yeah. All right, so that's our top ten. If you want to check out the, our full rankings, it's on mcsports365.com. We have our quarterback rankings, running back rankings, wide receiver rankings, and tight end rankings up. You can go check that out. Uh, do what you will and uh, just go win your league this year. That's basically what we're telling you to do. <laughs> <laughs> but last segment we have for today is backfield breakdown. In this segment, we're going to take a team that's backfield is just utter chaos and try to work through – what you guys should do when when approaching them in, 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 in a draft situation, what you should do. Uh, so first, we're going to start with the Baltimore Ravens this episode. Why not get things going with Justin Forsett? Justin Forsett last year did not, did an underwhelming uh, follow-up year to his breakout start in start of in 2014 when he was 29 years old. In t- 2014... He had, let's see, he had eight touchdowns, averaged about 5.4 yards per carry in 16 games. Last year, he played 10 games, had 4.2 yards per carry, and two touchdowns. The thing that concerns me most out of all that, there's two, the games played, he's older, more injury-prone, running backs, it happens. Shelf life Mm -hmm. is not very long for running backs. And second, his yards per carry went from 5.4 to 4.2. That's a huge drop. Huge. Um, so yeah, I'm scared, uh, about drafting, uh, Justin Forsett. This guy is, you know, he's getting up there. He's about 30 years old. Um, you know, and to be 30 and uh, running back in the NFL is one impressive, but unlikely at this point in time, mm-hmm. you know, um, they've already, you know, uh, Raven staff is already, uh, you know, sharing, splitting, uh, first team carries with Buck Allen, uh, you know, I think, and this is guys a young, fresh guy out of out of UNC. I think a year or two, maybe in the league. Yeah, this is um, second season. Second season. Okay, so you know, just just with the trend and the way the durability of of running backs in this league, it really seems like Justin Forsett is going to be pushed out of this starting job, whether it's under his own injury or Buck Allen just takes the job from him. 
Yeah. And I, I honestly would not be surprised at all. I think that uh, there should be more people scoping out Buck Allen on waivers and seeing where he is because I would say by week, you know, uh, six, seven, you know, kind of around this mid-season range, you might see Buck Allen as that starting running back. Okay. So I, I got a little game for you. Okay. I, f- I have the average draft position for each of the running backs in the Ravens' oh, backfield. So, Justin, I'm not going to make you guess. That's not what I'm doing. Oh, okay. <laughs> They're based off of 12-team leagues, standard scoring, everything. So, okay. right now, Justin Forsett is going the fourth pick in the eighth round. The people around him, I want you to tell me if you would draft Forsett or the player I named. Oh, okay, gotcha. Arvin Jones, who are you taking? Um, I... <sighs> The wide receiver, Marvin Jones? Yeah, for the Detroit Lions. Yeah. Dude, this is a, this is a no-brainer. For I guess, well, I guess. Marvin I'm Jones just, is going to have a crazy year. I'm thinking just, okay, okay, okay. I'll take Marvin Jones. I'll take Marvin Jones. Okay, Kevin White, wide receiver for the Chicago I'm Bears. Taking Kevin White. <laughs> TJ Yeldon. Oh, gosh, yeah. TJ Yeldon. And Sterling Shepard. Oh, my gosh. Those yeah. are those are four players that are being drafted in the same, like, three to four picks around him. Oh, Wow. Okay, so yeah, I I think that Justin Forsett needs to fall out of that round. Yeah, he needs so to go, you know. In my opinion, if you can get him in like the tenth or eleventh round, I think that's a more accurate accurate representation <laughs> of his value. And second running back, we're gonna talk about Terrence West. He's kind of an interesting story. Played for the Titans for a little bit and then came and played for uh, Cleveland Browns. Never really had success. He had plenty of opportunities. So many opportunities. But now he's back in his hometown, Baltimore. <laughs> is this like a LeBron James kind of situation? <laughs> yeah, I mean, this, you know, I guess if I guess if LeBron James was your, you know, third down short yardage back, then yes, that would it would be that situation. <laughs> um, you know, and just as I had mentioned, that's that's essentially what I believe the, the Ravens will use this guy for. He is a bit of a bigger back, kind of like a, a short and stocky kind of dude. Yeah. Uh, he's standing uh, approximately about 5'10". And weighs roughly 225, which is relatively big for a running back. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly expect them to basically run a fullback package with him. You know, you're going to see him with third and ones, um, you know, second and three. Some of these shorter yards, yard, uh, you know, just trying to punch it to the first down or punch it in the yeah. goal. That's where this guy is mainly going to be used. Uh, I, I don't think that he's a great uh, fantasy option because he falls a little bit further down in the depth chart. But... Um, uh, you know, he definitely will be utilized by the Ravens. Okay. I agree with you for the short yarded stuff, but I think we differ a little bit. I think that Terrence West has a better uh, chance to take over the starting role than Buck Allen does, in my opinion. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Reasons? Terrence West has had a great preseason so far. He came into camp weighing less than he's ever weighed in the NFL before. He's look. I mean, he's he's he looks quicker than he has in the past. He, I think he can do more than just short yarded situations, basically. You know, it's it's interesting. I'm not exactly sure how much he lost weight wise, but I would still say that 225 is relatively big for his yeah. size. Um, you know, I just think that if you're going to commit to, in, in my opinion, being that third down short yardage option, then you should go out, go all out for it. You know, be 230, you know, just be brute strength, be 235. I think that <laughs> Commit he would be fat. I would think, you know, at least be muscular or something. <laughs> I mean, because they have those guys, they have those guys. And if you want to make a living and, and in this, 
it for that team at least, you know, at least um, fill your role, I would say, you know. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. So we're going to play that same game. Right now, Terrence West is being drafted in the eighth pick in the 14th round. Okay. Going around him are two yep. rookie running backs. All right. One, Jordan Howard, running back for the Chicago Bears. Who would you rather have? Where's Howard fall in the depth chart? Right now, he's about third. It's kind of it's pretty I, fluid. It's it's a it's a lot like the Raven situation. Yeah. they kind of have a starter in Langford. I, I suppose I suppose I like. Well, the reason why I pick Terrence West is because I think that Langford is a stronger RB one for them. That's the yeah, only reason. I would okay. agree with you on that actually. And second, Paul Perkins, running back from UCLA, now plays for the New York Giants. Mm, I would probably take Perkins in this situation. (laughs) I would as well. I I think that there is an opportunity for him to take over a role. Maybe not to start out the year, but kind of stash him at the end of your bench if you have room. Hopefully he kind of beats out Rashad Jennings and whoever else. It's freaking Shane Green, Andre Williams. They have like 700 running backs on their team as well. Very fluid, it seems. Yeah. Buck Allen, you seem to be pretty big on him, Dylan. Why? Yeah, so I like this guy. I mean, he's, he's had a year in the league. So he's got some experience under his belt. Um, they utilized him primarily as a receiving uh, back. Mm-hmm. Um, he had really the majority, not the majority of his yards, but the majority of his touches, I suppose, were kind of those screens or kind of flicks to the RB. Yeah, um, dump-offs. Yeah, and, and I think that, yeah, dump-offs. I think that he did well in that position, and his, his numbers reflect that as well. Um, you know, he's, gosh, what, six years younger than Forsett? Um He's, you know, I, I just think he's more of the three down back that they're looking for. He's got some good height at six foot um, and some great weight at 215. I think this guy um, is someone really to keep your eye on in particular. Yeah, uh, I, I disagree with you on this, though. Based off of value where you can get him in the draft, I think that Buck Allen's third on my list of Ravens running backs, only ahead of Justin Forsett, so that's not saying much. The reason why I don't think Buck Allen is... I guess, a viable option to take over a role. I mean, sure, he's been the receiving back. Uh, but Kenneth Dixon, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, fourth, he's the fourth running back in this offense. Kenneth mm. Dixon was touted as the best cat, best pass catching back in all the draft classes past year, which I think is Buck Allen's strength. But I do think Kenneth Dixon is better than Buck Allen in that regard. So I think Kenneth or Buck Allen was going to lose out on that receiving role to the rookie Kenneth Dixon. I do think that um, I, I think that's very valid. I mean, Dixon coming out of LA Tech, uh, you know, he had a great year with them, and and he was one of those guys I was actually um, interested to see play in the NFL. I kind of wish he'd fallen on, you know, maybe a different team. But I, yeah. I do think that I do think that um, he definitely will take some of those receiving starts. But here's the thing: if you know, here's my my flat out prediction is I think Forsett gets injured relatively early into the season, mm-hmm. and I think it's going to be a battle between you know these three guys here that we're looking at. Yeah. Um, I think that just because Dixon maybe doesn't have the experience, uh, they could be hesitant. However, if they're willing to give him you know a, a true trial um, uh, during one of these early games. I think they could see some great potential out of him. Yeah. You know, go ahead. I was just say I just think he fits in well with Mark Tressman's kind of style of offense. We saw how Force or not Forsett, sorry, Forte thrived under that in Chicago. The the Bears offense in general wasn't that successful, 
But from the running back role as a receiving running back, there are a lot of kind of uh, short pass, dink off, you know, rink-a-dink plays that really benefit a receiving running back. Yeah, and I do think that I would say I, I, I want to say Kenneth Dixon is a bit faster than uh, Buck Allen. Yeah, Kenneth Dixon had the third fastest three cone drill in the combine and the fourth fastest sixty yard shuttle, which just oh, shows yeah. me that he's real quick out of cuts, which can oh, benefit yeah. him in route running. Probably has. So yeah, I mean, you know, on, like you said, on paper, this guy could be an excellent receiving running back. Um, I'm excited to see what they do with him. Yeah, have I have, have I sold you a little bit on him above? <laughs> you know, I, I'm still going to place Buck Allen above him, but I do think that they're going to be just be just be just based on the fact that the Ravens coaching staff is straight up giving Buck Allen first team carries. Okay. I think that that's I think that's an important thing. Um, you know, it's it's not necessarily like uh, this is their complete blueprint for the season. You know what we're seeing in preseason, but um, they clearly see something in Buck Allen that perhaps is lacking in Dixon. Yeah, so. I guess the thing I disagree with that is I don't – if Forsett goes down with injury, hypothetically, I don't think Buck Allen will be the one to take over the first and second down running. I do think it will be Terrence West. And then I think Kenneth Dixon is a better receiving back than Buck Allen. So so you're putting Buck Allen at three if, yeah, yeah. if Forsett goes down. Yeah. So as of right now, if I had to rank based off of value and like where I want to draft players on this Ravens roster, mm-hmm. I would have Kenneth Dixon one. Because I don't think that his value uh, revolves around Forsett getting hurt or not. If Forsett's still healthy, I do think Kenneth Dixon will be the third down back. Maybe not to start off the season, but later down the line. Second, I would have Terrence West, just because I think that he'll be the one to take over if Forsett does go down. Third would be Buck Allen, because he's been here before. He knows kind of the offense are running. Kenneth Dixon's just learning it. Terrence West is just learning it. And he, But he's a backup. Like I think, I think his... His talent think, is a backup talent. He's, he's not just a, okay. So he's just a bread and butter backup. Yeah, he's just your everyday backup. Who sure he can he can get the job done whenever someone goes down with an injury, but he's not going to wow you doing it. He's not going to put up any great stats. Yeah. Well, I guess there is uh, possibly the potential that Justin Forsett stays healthy all year and uh, you know runs <laughs> runs for freaking twelve hundred yards and ten touchdowns. Yeah. But, fl- flashback to two years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That that would be, I think, the craziest thing of all the uh, predictions. <laughs> all right, but I think that about wraps things up. Thank you guys for listening to the second episode of The Fantasy Professors. If you want to check out our articles and everything we're kind of doing with Man Cave Sports, you can look at our website at mcsports365.com and also on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is mcsports365.com, or not .com, just 365. And, uh, yeah, we'd love for you guys to subscribe and leave, leave a review for this podcast on iTunes. And until next time, peace.
since I'm used to finding comfort in the zones of classic bones I get used to. A mountainous fontaine, spinning in monsoon, they grinning this high octane. This blows about my cane, rolling down the hills, cause life's a hassle. It's circled by my folly like a boat around the castle, stay afloat. Catch a second wind, then is the air I breathe. Teary eyed nose running, wiping snout on my sleeve. I'm calling on the savior to be all that I need. Please forgive me, my behavior had me lost in life. Speed. Like, 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 like,